Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love America. Fall is upon us, and there's no better way to get fueled up before hunt than with some Black Rifle Coffee. Coffee legitimately tastes better after a day in the woods or after a successful hunt. Fuel your next adventure and purchase at www.blackriflecoffee.com and use code ANTLER at checkout to save 20% off your purchase and or with your first Coffee Club subscription. Black Rifle Coffee. Before we get into this episode, let's thank our partners over at Shea Butler Knives. And Shea makes custom everyday carry knives with the Rhino and Pursuit. His Ranger and Whitetail and Featherlight knives are amazing for anything, but especially out in the field. Shea's creativity, high quality materials, functional but unique designs, coupled with his precise leatherwork, make products that will last a lifetime. Check them out over at ShaeButlerKnives.com. Also, just want to say a big thank you to our partners over at America's Best Bowstrings, hand-built in the USA since 2006. Amazing customer service, awesome quality and performance. Their Platinum Series strings are what we all run on our bows. We absolutely love them. Go and create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. Before we get into this episode, I want to share with you a few discount codes that will help you save some money and get ready for the upcoming hunting season. The Elk Collective is the virtual elk hunting resource with tons of videos and information to get you ready to chase elk this upcoming season. Use code PODCAST and save $30 today at theelkcollective.com. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly innovative and science-based products that saves the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. New things are on the horizon, so use code ANTLERUP to save 25% off your Spartan Forge membership at spartanforge.ai. Do you have a hunting strategy that you would like to share, an interesting hunting story, or even just a tip to getting your bow tuned up? Then just hit us up on Instagram to be featured on our weekly Vortex Nation highlight. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 89 of the Antler Up podcast. On today's episode, Dimitri and I have Greg Litzinger on the podcast to bring you all things whitetail. It's that time of year where if you are like us, you cannot get enough of whitetail content, and that's what this episode is all about. Greg resides in New Jersey, and we are sure you have either seen his stuff on Instagram, YouTube, or heard him on other podcasts. And with that, Greg shares with us his how he loves to hunt October, some hunting strategies for hunting highly pressured bucks, his mindset currently, and especially when conditions start to get in his favor, and a whole lot more. Be sure to check out Greg as he is a very successful, proven hunter. So sit back, enjoy this fun episode, and antler up. Oh man, well, dude, uh, real quickly, because I'm not sure with the topics that I really do want to cover with you. What was your? How was Delaware for you? It was rough. Yeah. Um, we went, so we drove down, and we were in, like central Delaware. So we drove down like three times over summer. So were you like near? Times. Were you near the Red and Forest area? North of that. North of that. Okay. Uh, and we just. We located some bucks just by sheer accident. Literally, like we, I put out three cameras, two cameras, and they were like, we're just looking at a map and we we're trying to find the beans. You know, it was a lot of corn, like those only a few bean fields, and they were deer. So we went in the woods, you know, hot as balls, you know, it's like 98 degrees. When we were down there the first time, it was awful. I hung two cameras, and then we were just we kind of got lost. We lost service. And we don't know where, where we're going, basically. So it's like we're trying to wait for service. So we pull over inside the road and wait for Onyx to kick up, you know, and he had – my buddy had base map. And all of a sudden, like, we just look up, and it was like this, sitting in the beans. And it's like, is that public? Is that private? What is that? And the <laughs> are working, so we're like, we literally drove, you know, like 30 minutes to get service. And it's like, holy shit, that's public. So we drove all the way back. We glassed them. And I'm like, 
one of those big heavy nine that and the, and the, and the big six I ended up seeing. And it was a, an ear tag buck. It was pretty big. Nice. Uh, it looked like an ear tag. It might've been something, something on his antlers. So I don't know, but yeah, they were a couple hundred yards away. So we went back, you know, a month later, same field, same everything. Just a little bit later, like a lot later, you know? Yep. And we yep. checked the cameras, just whoppers all around, you know, not yeah. whoppers. I mean, 120 inch deer, you know, like great deer to shoot. But every camera had shooters, you know, every place had big tracks. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And we get down there and that hurricane was like, oh, south winds for that for the last three months. And you're getting north winds. Yeah. That deer just shut down. Yeah. And it was like, I mean, they weren't coming out in the beans. We were spot. I don't know if you're allowed to spotlight Delaware, but we were kind of shining a little bit. Nothing. It yeah. was like they were hitting the beans at like nine o'clock, nine thirty. And it's like 10 o'clock. And it's like, hmm. Yeah, and then they, you know, that hurricane came, blew all the acorns down. And it was like, all right, this is fun stuff. <laughs> right, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, we'll have to chat about too, like my my experience that I had down there. It was kind of a little bit opposite. We we got in on beans, we got on deer, but they were betting in where we were. They were betting literally right there in the CRP field, and it would be the last 10, 15 minutes of light, and they would just walk right in the middle through that. Your only setup was, you know, hundred yards away, and they would go into beans, yeah. and boom, it was last light. You're like, what the heck? Like, it was tough. Yeah. You know, it was it was interesting. It was fun, yeah. and but at the same and I time, I think that, like I said, that hurricane really, yeah, did a number. You know, that's a good thing about the spar. Unfortunately, like that historical weather. You know, you look at it, it was like the last three months, no north winds, like not even like a blip. We we're there opening day, like the first three days, north wind. I mean, like hard north, and you're like. Uh, I mean, and I know like any buck that's been around the brim around the block a little bit, like they just, they're like, well, all right, I got to change my whole pattern. Yeah, so there was yeah. coming to the beans late because that spot, you know, North, they're pretty much walking to the beans with the wind at their back. So they ain't going to expose themselves till after dark. And my buddy was just, he was like, man, you're getting, you're, you're in there too much. I just kept pushing back, just kept pushing back. I'm like, they're here. You know, I know they're here because, you know, the, the, the one, I mean, both those bucks are still in velvet. So when I, when I did see them, so I was like, I know they're in here. I ain't seen no rubs. I scouted my way all the way, and I was like, 800 yards from the beans. Yeah. And that's yeah. when I seen them, and I seen them at 720, 715 or something, like 800 yards from the beans. And I'm like, dude, they're hitting the beans like late. And then when I seen them, they were moving. They weren't like browsing. They were like, they probably just left their little staging area, and they were just on a mission to get to the beans, I guess, you know. Yeah. And 40 yards of just yeah, they're walking. And I was like, hey. Thanks. Yep. See ya. Thanks for letting me see ya. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy, man. Well, dude, I appreciate you again so much for coming on and you know, Greg, uh, we, everybody we have, we're live. We got Greg Litzinger on. Everybody knows him as the bow hunting fiend on Instagram. I had a chance to Greg. I don't even know if you remember this, but about three years ago, you posted about total archery challenge here in PA. And I messaged you. I was like, yo, you, will you hook me up with that code? And you're like, yeah, dude, here you go. And I was able to get a code <laughs> to, to book an early time for myself. Yeah. So that was three years ago. And we ran into each other at the outdoor show in Harrisburg two yeah. years ago now. And, uh, yeah, it didn't happen last year. Yeah. It didn't yeah. happen last year. So it's great to, to have you finally on the podcast. I know we tried yeah, linking up before, but you know, Greg, instead of doing an introduction of yourself, because I'm sure our listeners know exactly who you are <laughs> and instead of giving that rundown, uh, let's, let's kind of flip the script and do something a little bit different. If you could do uh, maybe like a, a hunter bio, like, you know, a trading card, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like what's your, like, what would that say of like who you are? Like what's your bread and butter for, for hunting right now? Currently, so this will be my 30th year bow hunting. All right. So your, your, your stats are pretty long on that one. I like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so this will be my, it started when I was 14, uh, pretty much public 95, 96% of that time. Yeah. Maybe even more, you know, I had a private, off and on, but never nothing serious. Um, I haven't gun hunted in close to a decade, probably over a decade. Uh, just kind of lost interest in gun hunting. Just doesn't do it for me. Muzzleloader. I went from shotgun to I was like, I'll do muzzleloader. And the last year I killed with a gun, I shot it with like 80 yards. My heart didn't beat like nice eight pointer, like put the scope up, boom, he dropped the mic. Well, that's dumb. Yeah. You know, and I felt bad for the deer. Like there was no, that, that attachment, that excitement was like, this is not there. I just, I just don't want to do this anymore. You know, I still got the guns. I'll, I'll shoot them, but 
uh, die hard, go, go hunter, public, heavily pressured public guy. I, I don't like making it easy. I, I, I kind of go against the grain. You know, I'm not a guy who has desires to go to Iowa. You know, I'd rather go hunt in New York or, you know, PA or you know, Delaware, Maryland. Somewhere it gets pounded real hard and, and try and do what, you know, a lot of people do and have success doing it. I like that, man. I could I could visualize your uh, player card on like the video game of like <laughs> here's your power up, like you know, re- really yeah. good at finding buck bedding and and yeah. uh, high pressured area. Like that's the guy to go to. Well, well, that's why I really want you know, Dimitri and I really wanted to have you on is to kind of just talk about some tactics. You know, kind of like what's the in right now? Like what? Where are you? You know, we are September sixteenth. You know, this sucker will air next week, so we're we're getting down for obviously New Jersey. You're you're rocking and rolling. Yeah. Uh, but here in PA, I mean, yes, the early parts of certain, certain part of our state is opening up, but for the whole state, the opening day is October 2nd, you know, where, where are you right now for your mindset, for your scouting, your going out hunting, like where, where are you currently right now? Right now I've, I've slowly changed, you know, I, I was a, a diehard, just bed hunter. I would just hunt bed after bed after bed. And after, you know, hunting with Johnny Stewart and, you know, I've let it wreck in New York and food's super important. I was never a big food guy. I, I'm still not. I'm trying to learn more about food because <laughs> food's important, but it's like, yeah, you know. So acorns, you know, I've been getting better at looking for acorns near bedding. Cause like I said, I do so much spring scouting and, and, and postseason scouting, even summer scouting. I got so many bed spots marked. So I try and just work through an area and look for, you know, their tracks, big tracks food and it's like all right there's big tracks of food here and pull up the maps i'm like all right i got bedding that's 150 yards away all right it's worth a shot you know you know and i'll try to scout my way in from that food in towards that bedding area and usually you know i burn a lot of sits this time of year um there's a lot of there's dead sits i'll come in there I'm like all right there's food there's there's one big track i got bedding you know 200 yards this way and i'll scout my way in and i don't see anything but it's like well it's 4, 3 p.m., you know, 4 o'clock. I'm just getting a tree, and it's like, oh, I didn't see shit, you know? So I'm like, all right, they're not here, you know? I kind of mark that spot off the map a little bit, you know, and, and just keep plugging away. What do you and, I don't I don't mean to cut you off because I feel like that's that's me and you a lot like more I, a lot for me like Demetrius here we're both like shaking our head just because you know we we work so we yeah. sometimes don't get out of work until 3:40 so it's really yeah. important for he and I to go out scouting and find yeah. those spots and check them off like you just said yeah. like hurry up get there quietly as sneaking as possible and get up you know how are you like what what's your game plan for that type of situation? Like when you get in there, like oh shit, I got to get up the tree. Yeah, and like I'm getting better at. I've always been a good. Like I said, I've always been a portable. Um, always had a portable stand. Yep. You know, I've only killed, you know, maybe four deer my entire life out of a hang on I had in the tree. It's always been a climber, you know, or hang on. Always everything on my back. You know, my dad started. You know, 14. We were hunting. You know, every Saturday we'd hunt two different properties. You know. One day we're hunting in, you know, one morning we're hunting in a tree stand, evening we're sitting on the ground. So I was, I've always been a mobile hunter. And so my dad said, you're always hunting and you're going in, you know, hot sign, you hunt it, you know, usually it doesn't work out, but hopefully you get some intel from it, you know, and you use it in the future. So I'm trying to get better at breaking a piece of property in the quadrants. You know, I'm like, all right, here's some food. All right, I'm going to go out 80 yards, you know, like an 80 yard circle, you know, and really scout that 80 yard circle or square, whatever it might be, you know, and that's, what's great about having the, all the, the mapping software. Now, you know, you can look at your track and be like, all right, this is my day here. You know, I, I just went up here, went here, I didn't see anything. I can push a little bit further, go up a little bit, kind of cut across like zigzag, almost like you're shed hunting in a way, you know, and be like, all right, no sign, no sign. All right. You know, maybe I'll just go over here, you know, and, and try and find that, that sign. A lot of sits are sit are just, I'm just in the woods scouting. I'm more scouting than actually hunting. And this time of year, we're getting that big transition where bucks are starting to separate. I don't mind being aggressive because odds are most of the bucks that are, you know, hold up in a spot, they're going to, have to scatter here shortly. You know, the beams are going to turn around my way. Beams, they're starting to turn yellow now. The acorns, persimmons are starting to turn orange. So there's a lot of food happening right now. So these bucks are just going to just scatter and go, to their, you know, happy place, I guess. 
So I don't mind getting aggressive and, and, you know, bumping gear out, if you will, because they're, they're going to split up any second now, any day now. Well, can you kind of dive into that process of, of maybe you're going in for an evening sit and early on in the season? Because I think a lot of us are trying to work into that transition of, of, of finding, kind of scouting your way in. And, and I think that's a term being pretty used yeah. regularly yeah. now, but I don't think it really, you know, isn't explained exactly of, of how to do that, right? You know, because I think yeah. for a lot of us, you know, like Jeremy said, we work, we have kids, you know, maybe you're hunting a couple different states where you're not getting that full scouting. You're not able to walk the whole property and kind of dive into exactly where the food is or where the bedding is. And, and so, you know, you, or maybe you go to a spot and there's a couple of trucks there, right? So you have to kind of go to plan B or C. So that happens all the time. So, yeah. you know, the spot that you're going to, you might not be hundred percent, percent familiar with or you know might be a little bit different than what it looks like on the map so so you are going to have to scout your way in and i think this is something that i'm trying to become better at of you know not just going in there finding like a a ridge point or or a bench that looks good right on the map and and kind of setting up right if the sign's not there especially on the early season you know you're probably wasting your time and you know when we're kind of weekend warriors we got to make each sit the most efficient that we can and put us at that chance of being successful each time. So, you know, dive into what you're looking for, you know, what might make you stop and think about being in that position and, you know, are you going to just keep pushing in or, you know, if you do jump a buck, you know, how do you go about setting up in that position that night and just kind of what your thought process is? Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll use Delaware as uh, the, the Delaware hunt as reference, you know, the bucks, you know, trying to cut a track, you know, trying to, because right now I've only seen a few rubs. I haven't seen many rubs. Um, they're going to start popping up here shortly. Like now you can come in, you'll, you'll find some rubs, you know, and most areas I hunt, I'm kind of familiar with. So I, like, I know where bucks will start rubbing, you know, close to that field edges or the overgrown fields, you know? And so I try to hit those areas where I know bucks are going to want to be this time of year. And, try and cut a track, either, you know, buck sign a track, maybe even get lucky, find a scrape, you know, and then try and dissect where they might be coming from, you know, and that's where, like I said, the mapping software comes in place. It comes into play. You can like, all right, I got bedding. I, there's no buck bedding here on this property, say 400 yards, and I got a scrape here on a field edge or like a cart road. Odds are it's an evenings, you know, dark time, you know, making that, uh, that sign at night. So you're like, all right, tracks are facing coming out of that bedding, you know, or face going in like, okay, then I can get a little more, you know, Intel from it. But this time of year, I'm a, I'm a big track guy because, you know, I don't have cameras everywhere. I mean, I, I got 10 cameras out in, in two pieces, but it would take me all day to check those cameras. You know, if I got a camera in the area when I'm scouting in, I'll check it. I always got a card reader with me, you know, and check it real fast. Like, all right, cool. But if not, it's about the tracks. Um, because some bucks, you know, they might, they just might not be rubbing that area, but if you have a big set of tracks, you know, it's, you know, it's telling you what you need to see basically. And I think that's a, a lot of people don't know how to, people rely too much on their trail camera until, you know, you got to really kind of this time of year, especially break it down, simplify it, you know, food, bedding food is what's happening. There's no, they're not running around looking for does there. It's bedding the food. Like I got food and I got some on this map looks like might be some bedding. And I'll just kind of straight line it or zigzag it, you know, back and forth, work my way towards that bedding and, and try and find, you know, another set of tracks, you know, or maybe some food that they might be staging up, oaks, persimmons, grab apples, you know, or even just browse, you know. I've, right. I've really been picking up on the browse, hunting with the guys out in Western PA, like that's all there is out there. So you got to look at what they're nipping on, you know, and slowing it down and just really paying attention what the deer is telling you. Because the sign's there, the dropping's there, like the the, the, the food. You just got to look for it, you know, and everybody's in, in a hurry. I got to get to the spot. I got to go here. Slow it down, man. It's a, it's a good thing about getting old, you know, and hunting a long time. Like, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint to so slow it down. Like I'm, I'm in, I love to tag out first week. It'd be great, but that's not my goal. You know, it's like, I got to just play the long ball. You know, I'm going to just keep the, the baby steps turtle, you know? Right. 
Exactly. Well, I, I, you brought up a couple of things that I really do want to hopefully we could touch upon, especially talking about deer trails and all that type of stuff. Now, you know, that kind of wraps up where, where you are at currently, you know, like where yeah. you're going. And I know from just, you know, listening to you on other podcasts in the past and, you know, following you along on Instagram for so long, I think too, I, you could say, Hey, no, you're totally wrong. But I know your bread and butter is October. So that time is coming for you. Like, so let's kind of like fast forward a little bit because for us, that is early season. Yes. Uh, like when you think about it, you know, when you get there, are you that morning guy? Cause I know you work during the week and yeah. you know, and I know, like I said, I've heard you say like you love hunting mornings. Are you still yeah. in that, in that phase yes. compared to evening? Uh, absolutely. I, yeah, even looking back from, you know, when I first started hunting, I've always had more luck seeing bucks in the morning than Same. in the evening. Like I, you know, and when I say by seeing, you know, a lot of people see deer, you know, when I, when I say seeing a deer, like I, I'm saying within 50 yards, like that's Correct. you know, I call it my wheelhouse. Like to me, if I see a buck, a monster, hundred yards, he might as well be, you know, another state over because it's not doing me any good. You know, I want to be in 40 yard in that range where it's like, okay. And they're just being deer. They're not running past me because they're scared. They're just kind of heading their way back to bedding or browsing or wherever they might be going. And I just prefer mornings because you don't run out of time. You know, we all hunt in the evenings. It's like, oh, here comes a big buck. And he just stops 80 yards out. And it gets dark. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> now I'm here till you know, it's like, is it, did it leave yet? I don't know. I'm going to sit here for, for three hours because it's a giant buck. So I'm just, gonna, I'm just not going to move. Like, And it's like, I hate having like that curtain call, you know, it's like in the morning, it's like, okay, I've seen big bucks at 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, get up and, you know, maybe they bed it somewhere else and we get up and go somewhere else in bed. Like, I just feel like in the morning, I just have more opportunities. Like I'm not limited from like that short window, like the last hour of light, like that's pretty much all you're going to get in public here in Jersey, actually the last half hour, you know, so you're setting up super early to beat the does and the buck comes out and it just gets dark and you're like, well, shit. Uh, all right, I got to sit here. Did he walk by me? You know, and then you're afraid to bump him out, you know, like leaving. So I just like the mornings. And you know, now that I've been, you know, with my company a long time, I got a lot of vacation. But, you know, when I was really killing, you know, most of these deer in the wall on Saturdays, yeah. you know. So it's like I've already killed a few deer actually during the middle of the week. That's just strange when you think about it. So, <laughs> but, yeah, it's – uh. I just like said that the morning, the woods open, everything comes alive. You know, like I still at night, you're just, you know, you're really limited, you know. And I've seen some hammers at night, and I've only killed maybe two, one, one deer. Oh, it smokes. It's only one deer at night on my wall. Not two, sorry. I got a Euro and another one. Everyone else been morning. Yeah. Well, it kind of, you kind of confirmed, like for me, I've seen more bucks within kind of, like you said, that home range of 50 within, you know, more so in the morning than I have during the evening. Uh, And I don't know what kind of contributes to that, like where I'm hunting, Uh, especially like for me, like here, I would say in central Pennsylvania, where I currently live, where I've been hunting with Dimitri for the last three, four years, uh, I would say, man, it might be split. For me, but when I go back home, Northeast PA, it's that morning. And that's yeah. when I've, if I'm going to see them, it's because they're coming, especially once they break up and that shift happens, the, yeah. the, all the food sources, if there is any left down below in the fields off, like way off our property, they're working their way up or yeah. that down below, there's some, some bedding, they're working their way up to higher mm-hmm. elevation. And that's where I've seen them cutting them off, going back to, to bed. And that's, yeah. and I think too, it, it's just how you view things. You know, like my buddy Todd, he's very similar. Like he's a morning guy. Mm-hmm. It just it just clicks for him. Yeah. You know, and like I got some other guys I you know, I used to hunt with back in the day. I mean, they kill all their bucks at night. You know, and they, and they kill them kind of really like relatively early. And they couldn't tell you how they killed them, but they've killed a lot of them. You know, <laughs> like they got a nice, they don't ask them how they killed them. They're just in the woods and they kill deer, you know, but it's like they're all evening kills. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I just it's never really panned out that way for me. I just don't know if I just spend more time when I'm scouting, knowing that all right, maybe because I'm more of a, like a betting guy, I'm like I can be him here in the morning, you know, or I can, you know, like I just don't know if it's my brain is wired that way for morning sits. 
Okay. You know, and I hunt a lot. I have throughout the year, I hunt more evenings than mornings because I hunt after work sometimes, you know, but it's like I kill more deer in the mornings, you know, that, that, than in the evening. So I just don't know if it's like, you know, it's a mental thing, you know, or just, that's just the way it works. Right. I don't know. Now, how do you go about picking what spots you're going to hunt for your mornings? You know, obviously you're in bedding areas, but, you know, we talked a little bit before about, you know, if it's that evening sit, you can kind of scout your way in, look at sign. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously it's dark. You can't do that as much. Now, is your morning sits more um, picked out based off of, you know, scouting that you have been able to do in trail cam photos? Or is there something kind of on the map that you're looking for? Or, you know, whether it's a terrain feature or elevation or some sort of cover? Um, how do you go about picking that, uh, each time you're going for your morning sits? All my morning sits are super strict, disciplined. I've been in that tree in the off season, uh, or, you know, the, the springtime or late winter and I've set the saddle or tree stand and now it's saddle, you know, and I've, yep. all right, I need to set it this way. You know, I need to, you know, use my lands is where it come from. So I have all this stuff planned out. I have a little notebook, you know, this tree, I need to face this direction three sticks high or, you know, you know, timber, you know, messing with the timber, yep. timber ninja sticks now, you know, and I got the wild head steps. So it's whatever stick I'm using for that thing or method. I'm fine. I'm like, all right, I three, you know, you know, I go up and I face the stand this way, put steps this way, you know, and that way there's no hesitation to see the deer, like everything's on point. And every buck, every big buck I've killed in the morning has been, super strict and disciplined. I've been in that tree. It's not like, ah, this tree here looks good. You know, I might've been in an area once or twice, you know, like I, I or I like I've hunted that area for years. So like I know exactly what tree I want to get in because I've walked by it. I'm like, all right, next time I come here, I'm hunting that tree. You know, cause I've sat 10 yards this way and I've been, you know, 10 yards out of the game. So it's like my morning sits are, are super, you know, disciplined. I would say, I would, I would, I agree. I think you and I, our morning sits, like he and I will text or talk, kind of get together and say, okay, this is where we're going. And we know a tree because whether it's while you're out turkey hunting or when we do go out scouting and, you know, we, you know, with our, during my time, like with his job and, and my coaching and stuff like that, I don't get a chance to do as much preseason, you know, postseason scouting as I, I think we would like, uh, you know, by that point in time too, we're, we're, gaining back those uh all those honeydew things yeah. uh, that we burnt out in during the fall but i mean kind of like you said our our morning sits are have a plan they have a purpose it's our evenings that i think you know we have ideas we have areas like hey yeah. here's here's the wind but sometimes it's not i would say as detailed plan to to yeah. get in there and I, I think when it comes to morning too the reason I, I, a couple of guys i know that have success in the morning like it's dark your mind, like, you can't fix, like, oh, what's it, like, shiny objects. So in the evening, I'll scout my way in, like, man, that tree, that's it. I'm going to get in there. I'll get to that tree. I'm like, oh, that tree over there. Next thing you know, I'm over here. I'm over there. And it's like the deer walked by, like, the first tree I should have went into because it's like I, I'm not overthinking it. And in the morning, it's like it's pitch black. I can't see shit. You know, so it's like I'm just going to my tree because I know that's that's all I got. You know, I'm not going to be like, I'm not looking for sign. I'm just going right to my tree and getting up in that tree. And it's like, okay. I work with that, but in the evening, it's like there's just too much going on, and my, my brain maybe is just wired differently. When I see all this stuff, and it's like just coming at me, I'm like, "Ooh, rubs, scrapes, you know, tracks," and it's just it's just too much. Like it's a sensory overload, and I kind of end up overthinking it, you know, and just like choking myself out, basically, you know. And it's like, right. well, that sucked, you know. Now, now, what's your experience with you know? a lot of people that maybe scout a new area, you know, they may be familiar where the bedding area is. And so they, they put a trail camera out just basically over the summer trying to find bachelor groups of bucks uh, in velvet. So they're going to kind of gain some Intel. And then right now is kind of that period where they're getting out of velvet, they're getting hard horn and they're going to split up a little bit. Right. So you're not totally familiar with this area. Um, but with your experience that you've seen in the past of, you know, trying to locate that mature buck after that, that period in the buck split up, you know, what are you doing to, you know, you setting different cameras out to see where, you know, maybe where that buck has traveled to, um, versus where they were in the summer months and, and how do you go through that process? The, the irony is, you know, all, all these deer, not one was you, I didn't use a trail camera for any of them. That's new to you the last couple yeah. of years, right? Yeah. I, uh, I, it's just, 
had kids. So trail cameras came out because of kids. And I, and I think um, they're, they're good for getting intel, but I think people rely on them for the, try to get too concrete of a data, you know, um, maybe with cell cameras, you can like timestamp them. But I think, you know, that's me personally, that's just poor line, you know, not cool. You know, if you're timestamping deer with you know, cell cameras, like our, they're here at seven 30. Yeah, in this bedding area, I'm gonna go hunt it. And it's like, eh, kind of takes the it takes you know, the, the joy yeah. out of it yeah. for me you know, personally. Like the guy, if you do it, that's your thing. That's cool. But my my makeup, I'm like, mm. like I run a couple. I got a couple, you know, cell cameras like in the mountains because I'm three hours away. Right. You know, and it's like, all right, buck in the area, in the mountains. We all know we hunt mountains. Just because an area doesn't mean it's gonna come back through. It's like, okay, they're they're here. So I'll, I'll you know, I'll call out of work. I'll get sick if you will. And go up and hunt for a day. <laughs> yep. But yeah, it's kind of hard to, to answer that that question, I guess, uh, because each area I hunt a little bit different, you know. And, and this year, I put out a lot of cameras to try and find a particular buck, and I and I got two pictures of them, and then in, in in May, and then it's disappeared. I put out twelve cameras. I had three stolen. Um, I had a guy cut down like a you know twelve inch tree to steal my camera. So where my cams were stolen, where I had an idea where that buck might be hanging out. So I'm assuming he's still in there. If three cams were stolen. And I, I know the guy that, that did it, you know, he's notorious for stealing. So it's like, all right, he's there because why would somebody steal a camera, bring out a chainsaw, you know, you know, and, and cut out, cut down a giant ass tree. So right. that buck's in there, you know, Yep. but I'm going to just hunt that area by, you know, walking the cart roads and look for a track and try and like that slow squeeze on a little area once or twice, you know, you know, hunt a little area, you know, once or twice and just try to get a lay where that buck, you know, might be, you know, I'm, I have found a couple of good bedding, you know, spots in that area, but that area, I, I just don't know if he's going to be in there just yet. I don't think the pressure is going to push him in there, okay. you know? So this time of year, I avoid pressure areas, I guess, with deer run for pressure. Cause they're still kind of, on that feeding, bedding the feeding, you know, not necessarily in security cover yet. They're going to walk in, but I don't think they're spending, you know, I still think they're, you know, chowing down on some daylight, you know, daylight hours. It is time for this week's Vortex Nation Highlight. In this episode, you hear Greg share about his favorite days to hunt in the month of October. After playing it back, a light bulb went off for me. The first time I usually get home to hunt on the club is around October 18th or whenever that weekend hits. This is typically the first sit on that side of the mountain and over the last seven years, I have had encounters with bucks on their feet for at least five of those seven years. One of them I took a shot at seven years ago without a rangefinder and took a guess at 30 to 35 yards and I shot right underneath him. Moral of the story, Get out there and hunt these days and have a rangefinder. I'm using the Vortex Ranger 1800. Right. Now, Greg, talk a little bit about you. I know like when you go out scouting and I know you you measure the the bedding just to kind of get that idea. You put the stick down. You're climbing yeah. up up trees. You're marking that tree like this is where I got to go. All yeah. that stuff. And, you know, they are in high pressured areas. Talk a little bit about, though, like maybe your entry route and when you're getting there, just because I think it's critical for some people to understand this of like where you're going. I know last year about this time, maybe a couple of weeks from now, we had Aaron Warbritton on with from THP and we got mm-hmm. we kind of dove into that buck bedding area and he was talking about like that dome. Like what's what's yeah. that? Where's his bubble at? Yeah. You know, what's your approach? Like, do you find rubs and then? kind of follow it and you're thinking maybe this bedding is you know a hundred yards past that or you know you find some real thick nasty just complete you can't get through it stuff you know how what's your when you come to that what are you doing you know what's the advice you could give other individuals to okay this is what you got to do type of or, ordeal yes it's say because when it comes to scouting or are we talking well, or like let's, hunting? Let's say like you, you scout, you find that spot and like you mm-hmm. did all your preparation, kind of yeah. like what you already alluded to. Yeah. And then now maybe it's that where you, you notice a week from today, that cold front's coming. You know, what, what's, what's your game plan, I guess. I want to go to, like I said, them spots where, cause, it, cause a lot of beds I find very rarely do I find rubs in the bed. I think some of these older bucks, 
they don't bet. They don't rub near their betting, their, their primary betting, because rubs bring danger. Rubs bring human beings. You know, like it, we all see them rubs. They're like a light. You know, it's like everybody yeah. sees it, especially in the fall and a rainy day. <laughs> that rubs is sticking out, and it's just everybody gravitate towards it. You know, especially like now in the big woods, it's well kind of open, thick, so you can see in some spots far away. So if you see a rub, I don't care what you're doing, especially me. I'm going to that rub. I'm putting my fingers in it. I'm looking at it. Probably shouldn't do that, but I'm just. Look, I love rubs, you know. So it's like I go to those areas and cold front, and I'll hunt where those rubs are. Um, maybe go in for like a, an evening sit, knowing I'm gonna hunt in the morning. I'll kind of sneak my way in the evening and almost do like a, an observation type sit. Okay. You know, like a throwaway sit. I'm gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna just walk this cart road, look for some tracks, you know, or walk this, you know, little um, swamp edge look for tracks or maybe like a rub that might pop up. Like, all right, I got some buck sign here. I know betting is, you know, two yards away. Yep. I'm going to hunt that right there, you know, and then get myself a good vantage point. You know, I don't, when it's like, I, I call them throwaway sits, you know, they're not really throwaway sits, but it's, I'm hunting in a spot where I could kill him because I'm bed early or I'm hunting a spot where, you know, I can sneak out at night before he might come through, but I can also see a good hundred yards, you know, because, he might only be bedded, you know, like 150 yards away. You know, he just might get up and not not move. But I'm like, okay, that's his bed. You know, and be able to sneak out. And the next morning, like, I know where that bed is. I know exactly where I need to be. And I'll go in, you know, almost for the kill. That's awesome. A lot of that, uh, you know, it's, you know, I, I, I waste more time doing those. I won't call it waste, but I spend a lot of time, you know, and that's probably why I hunt evenings a lot. Um okay, I'm, I know, you know, I'm off for a week, you know, or three days. It's like, I'm going to go hunt two evenings this week and one area, I'm going to hunt this one area. Like, okay, there's no buck sign yet over here. So I'm going to go hunt this other area and try and find that buck sign and, you know, go in for, you know, I got two or three days to get it done and, and try and get it done. Now, now you hear the term bump and dump, right? And I think that's a very popular term that's kind of being thrown out there and, and there's a lot of different opinions about that so you know we've been talking about kind of being a little more aggressive in the evening sits and, and trying to find that sign and getting close to that bedding area and you know I mean it's going to happen if you're you're doing a lot of these more aggressive tactics that yeah. you know eventually you're going to bump that mature buck um, out of his bed before you set up and you know is there a play that you, you typically do with that, you know, as you, you kind of watching the way he reacts to that uh, bump and are you hunting him that night or you kind of maybe knowing where his bed is coming in since you do like mornings and hunting him that way? It, you know, in my experience, if you're coming in and you're bumping, you know, a lot of guys will bump bucks out and they don't realize it. Like these bigger, older deer, they just get up and slip away. Like if you're, you know, the only way, you know, for me, like I, I'm, you know, I've gotten older. I, I slow it down. Like I walk, I'm almost like still hunting. When I'm, okay. I'm going to be hunting close to the area. I'll start still hunting where I'm, I'm near some bedding. I'm going to just still hunt. And a lot of times I'll see bucks get up and just kind of like slither away. And it's like, okay, you know, he didn't, you know, the bedding worked. He got, he got away scot-free. He knows I didn't see him, but I did see him. He can just kind of slip away. And like, I, a lot of time, if it's primary bedding, that buck might slip back around. You know, you can get in, in that scenario. Like it's almost like a, a throwaway sit because you can get in there. and be like, all right, I'm going to hunt this because he might swing back around, you know? And then the next morning, if you don't come back that night, odds are he's going to come back the next, there's a good chance he might come back the next morning. So you can get two sits uh, on one of those scenarios. And I've, I've done a lot. And I've done it with, you know, some good deer, but never like one of those, you know, mega giants. I've done it with mature deer and I've just deer that I didn't want to shoot at the time. Like looking back now, I'd be like, I'm an idiot for not shooting that deer, you know, because like now I shoot that deer all day long. Yeah. You know, you know, passing on a 120 in public, you know, I was doing that five years ago, like a moron. And now I just regret it because it's like, that's so dumb. That's yeah. so dumb. Now you talked, you said the term like primary bed, what, yeah. what, and, and like you said, you log a lot. Yeah. What are your, your conditions? What, like, what are you going? Are you doing like a primary bed, secondary? What, what fall, how does one fall into what category and what are yeah, your I, categories? Yeah. I, well, I said a lot of bedding, you know, and primary bedding, cause over the years, like every, you know, bedding area that gets used a lot, it all look like primary. 
you know, so you have to look at, you know, where it's located, you know, how far away are you from, you know, food, you know, um, is there a layer of does, you know, uh, before you were does bed there. A lot of times bucks will bed literally the furthest back. They got all this protection. They got the does and the other bucks and him. So you got to know where your does are, you know, a little bit. You got to know the layout of the land and you got to spend some time either like cameras are great now for that. You can put a camera on it and be like, oh, he's there, you know, two days a week, you know, on a, regularly. So that to me, that's, that's, that's a bed that's getting well used three days a week, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's one of those time spots that you got to hunt it a few times, you know, and, and look at the tracks, aids the tracks in that area. Um, so primary calling something primary bedding is, is it takes time. Yeah. I can't yeah. say you like, I can walk into an area and be like, mm, this is primary bedding. Yep. <laughs> yep. There's, there's no really telltale sign, you know, because a bed that's been sitting, you know, for three or four years by the same buck, it's, it's going to be, you know, worn out either against the law or whatever, or in the mountains, people hunt the mountains, they're hunting on, you know, bed on these ridge points. Deer have been there for, you know, since the dawn of time, basically. So it's like some of these bedding areas, it's like, how do you know it's primary? You know, you, you, you bump a deer out, you know, all right, got hair. Okay. You, or you bump them out three or four times, you know, and every time you bump, you know, you go in there, you bump a deer. Okay. Might be primary, put a little check next to it. You know, on some of the spots in the big woods, I actually did a couple of YouTube videos on it. It was, um, every time I went in there, I put leaves and sticks in the bed. And every time I went back in there, the leaves and sticks were gone. And I did this for three weeks straight. So I'm like, all right, that this buck is coming here a lot. And it was, beginning of February. So I'm like, okay, I know where I'm going to be late season next year, you know, and, and throw a lot of sits at this area. Cause that buck is, you know, it's kind of open. There's very, you know, there's not a lot of places these bucks can hide and it's, it's bare to get into, but he's in there for a reason. You know, every time I went in there, like I, I set a little trap for him, like, all right, sticks and leaves, or I'll do something on there. And that stuff's taken out of the bed. I'm like, all right, you know, but that only works. Like I said, in you know February, January, February, you know, that's right. not going to work in the summertime. Well, it's funny that we we talk about all these tactics and and you think about it of how many things actually have to go right for you, you know, to to seal the deal, you know, and you you, you could do all the scouting and, and, you know, have the best tactics and do everything right, you know, but it comes down to, you know, you have to have all your check boxes marked off, you know, for that to be pretty successful. And, you know, there's a lot more that goes into it than, you know, just doing this and then you're going to be successful. Right. You know, and I think that's the hard part about archery, right. You know, it's not just going to where the deer is. I mean, you got to play your cards exactly right and have that right hand that night. And and that's the beautiful challenge about this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I, I tell people all the time, like hunting, I kill one deer a year. Like there's guys out there to kill like in New Jersey, you can kill five bucks. Some zones you can kill six. And there's guys out there that will shoot like three nice bucks. I, I'm not that guy. You know, it's like, I, I'm so focused and you know, like, and I, I'm, they said, I'm get lucky. I kill him in October. Man, it's great. You know, like I've never killed a mature buck in, in January, you know, or late season, kill him with a gun in December, you know, but like January, there's big bucks elude me. You know, just, they just don't move during daylight hours, you know, especially all the baiting we have here in Jersey. It's, it's a tough sell, but October, and like if I kill a deer beginning of October, or even September, I wouldn't say I'm burnout when I kill them. Like I did a lot of, you know, there's so much behind the scenes going up to that, that moment. It's like, I need a, like a break away from hunting for a little bit. Cause it's like, <sighs> all right, I need to get my, you know, cause everything kind of gets put in the back burner, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. like, you know, if I kill deer in the beginning of October, man, it's like I can't kill another buck until November. So I might poke out in the woods here or there or maybe go shoot a doe, but like I'm out there just to have fun, relax, you know, because I'm, I'm so invested in it. Like I put so much time and effort and energy into it. Like I kill a buck or even if I don't kill a buck, like I'll go hard all season and come January or December. Like I'm burnt out, man. I'm fried. My brain hurts. You know, I was like, I'm licking my wounds, especially if I don't kill him. I'm just like crying in the corner. It's like <laughs> hundreds of hours wasted. Yeah. Here, here's a situation for you. Because just because I think, man, this was years ago, and I, I could probably be saying this wrong, but let me throw this situation at you. 
we hunt in an area where, you know, there's, there's a good amount of, like it, we have, we have good deer density where we are. I could, I would say, would you agree? Yeah. Pretty average. Yeah. Man. Like pretty average here in central PA. Uh, like we are from bow, uh, where, where, how far away? I think we're an hour kind of South East from bow. Um, we're just right outside of state college. I mean, there you go. Yeah. All right. So if we, so you're uh, Ricketts Glen area. Uh, no, no, we're more central. Yeah. More central. Yeah. Cause I, cause I mean, I mean, I know you had a great story last year in, in yeah. PA. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, okay. We, we see does, we see good amount of sign, but we're not seeing bucks. Okay. Like you know, we might get like, if we go out in the evenings or we sh- go out in the mornings and we're okay, well, Hey, here's a good trail or Hey, here's rubs hey we found a scrape we find sign but we, we're not seeing the bucks what is your strategy or where are you looking at and being like this is what i got to do to kind of reevaluate slow things down like what's that maybe the two things that you're going to reevaluate that situation what's uh what's in those areas like looking back now to, i've been in some of the scenarios and the one piece of private it was you know it was a big piece it was 800 acres and the bucks did not live on there big bucks 800 acres think one living there nope they would live on the outskirts and the, the other they would live on the public across the street but the private it, they just maybe it wasn't good enough security cover like looking back now the cover was the best you know a lot it's more, more open timber mm-hmm. you know a couple other members had had some food plots and stuff on there there's a, a lot of just human presence you know, so in those situations, I, going back, I, I tell myself, find the thickest, nastiest cover. And like my buddy Todd, we were hanging out over the summer and he's gone to Ohio a lot and he run into this guy for a couple of years in a row. Guys always just cut up, always had a big buck. And he's like, where are you killing? The guy's like, I'm not going to tell you. He goes, I'll tell you one thing. If yours in your full 20, you're in the wrong spot. And it gets you thinking because we, we all been there. It's like you have to go where it sucks for humans to go. And that's where the bucks going to be. And walk all the cart road trails you want, you know, like even in that, like the Alleghenies up at Johnny, it's like the find the thick stuff. You'll find the bucks. You know, you might have to walk it for a little bit, find that impenetrable wall of fish that you don't want to walk through. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm going to go in there. But it's like, and eh, I got to go in there. You know, and usually you'll be rewarded. You know, you get through that first layer and usually you find like little pockets, something inside there. And it's like, boom, buck sign, you know, yeah. big buck sign. And I use that here in Jersey because they're, you know, a lot of people bait. And there'll be buck sign all around the people's baits because they start baiting in like some of these guys, July. They bait July to January, you know. So the ground's always scarred up. And there's always like big sign. But once you get about, you know, 150 yards away from some of these spots, you know, you just watch the sign get bigger, bigger, and better. But, they, and these guys that put the ladder stands up and bait policy, they will not hunt, not hunt over their bait. They have so much time, money invested in that, in that, you know, that, that, that area or that they might have two or three stands that they're baiting all the time. Like baiting, it's a lot of work. So these guys will not deviate from their entry and exit. And they're relying on the buck to make a mistake you know, follow dough in, you know, early season or late season because they're starving and they'll capitalize. But the whole rest of four months of the season, these big bucks are just hundred yards out. They know what these humans are doing, you know, and they're going to stay in that thick scene that nobody wants to go in because it's either laurel or sticker bushes. Yep. And they're yep. just riding that edge. Crossing you know? water, doing all kinds yep. of stuff. Yeah. So in those areas with uh, very similar, a lot of does look on a map, the Spartan Forge now they got them the maps, you know, uh, get some wintertime maps in there, you know, whether foliage maps and you can kind of see, you know, maybe some pines, you know, dark pines, red pines or something, you know, usually with those red pines, it, it's dark, it's, it's nasty. There's a, on the edge of it, there's some good cover or Laurel. Like, I mean, central PA has got Laurel, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> find that, find those big, you know, hundred yard group of Laurel, you know, 150 yard wide, you know, patch Laurels and you'll find bucks, you know, and they're going to, those bucks will bed just right, you know, right on the edge of that laurel. They're not going to bed in the center because they can't get out of it. You know, they're going to just bed on the edge of it, you know, and you'll find some bucks out on the edge of that stuff. And that's, you know, that's the key. You know, if you're using your full 20, 
in the wrong spot. <laughs> we we kind of talked about it earlier, uh, you know, hey, that cold front's coming and all that type of stuff. But when you look at your perfect scenario, like when you are just like at home doing this with your hands because it's, you know, tomorrow could be a really good day, either getting a shot opportunity, one, but two, you, it just the conditions, everything just has fallen in line. What does that look like for you? And you could even you know, wherever you want to talk about it, if it's from Jersey, PA, Maryland, New York, yeah. where, what does that time and, uh, you know, maybe what, what did you see maybe prior to that? What, what's going on? For me, what, what gets me the most excited throughout the season, it's not Halloween or it's not November. It's October 18th through like the law. <laughs> the law. Yeah. That is the primo time to be in the woods. Uh, back before a lot of vacation, I would literally take those when, when a good moon day fell in, you know, on like a Thursday, Friday, I would literally take that Thursday, Friday off, you know, in the hunt that Saturday, Sunday, and I would see big bucks. Um, there's always that random cold front that always pops up in that middle October range and you get a nice moon and I was reading, you know, a lot of, I see, um, I killed October 20th is probably my best. They'd be in the woods. I love being in the, in the woods. Kill a lot of deer, a lot of, a lot of big bucks in that morning over beds. And I've killed some, you know, that them with does at that time. That to me is just the time that I really kind of, I ramp it up a little bit. Like, all right, it's like, I'm done. Talking about it. You know, yeah. it's go time now. It's you know, not to call what, you know, right now it's like, I'll try this random stuff. Cause it's like, ah, maybe we get lucky and shoot a buck or see one in early season, you know, like, it's a lot of luck, but October 20th in that, in that range, I'm, I'm really getting my, you know, I'm dialing it in and I'm like, okay, I, I know what I need to do. Most areas had some pressure. These bumps some good to their beds, you know, on October 20th, those scrapes pop up, you know, October, you know, 16th, 17th, you get them scrapes popping up. It's like, all right, it's here. And there's a percentage of those that are bred, you know, it's not 5% or something. I think I read, you know, three to 6% somewhere on there are bred, you know, October 20th, 21st, 19th. So that's just a good time to be in the woods because them big older deer, they're not going to breed a lot. They're going to breed two or three does and go back into survival mode. So first one's coming to heat. Who's going to be around? Big boys. Because the little guys don't really know what's going on yet. They're like, wait, what's going on with that big guy knows what's up, you know? Yeah. That's why I see you'll, you'll find a scrape and there'll be a big track in it in the middle of October. Like, wait, what is this? It's just total random. And it's like that dude... He's been around. He knows what's up. He knows that doe group. There's a doe that comes in the heat in this area, you know, around that time frame. So he cruises through for a couple of days, maybe gets lucky and gets a doe before all the chaos, you know, when he still got his wit about him, you know, he's not total, you know, berserker mode, you know, he's, yep. I'm going to get this. I'm going to go back to my bedding and wait till, you know, first week of November. I like it. Well, you said you're looking for a good moon. So can yeah. you describe what you're looking for? You know, what you're paying attention to now, are you looking at like barometric pressure at all? You know, there's all these different things yeah. besides moon that, that people have dove into. Some believe it, some don't. Can you explain that? Like what you're looking for personally? I have a lot of, you know, even before I knew about the moon, like some of the bucks, I went back the years killed, like that overhead underfoot. Like once I you know, being on a hunting beast, you know, and, uh, you know, Adam Hayes, Miles Keller, all those guys that did, you know, the, the Moonstruck stuff. You know, I remember reading Moonstruck, you know, and, and I think in high school when it, the Murray came out with, and it was like, and it's just crazy, you know, and then as I got older, it's like, man, I killed a lot of deer on this, you know, looking back, it's overhead underfoot in the first hour or, you know, hour and a half of light, you know, so it's like, oh, all right, and as you get that overhead underfoot, and that first hour of light along with a cold front. And it's like a, I just have a lot of luck on it because I, I, I hunt over beds, you know, so they get back to beds a little bit late, you know, that seven thirty range, you know, it's like I shoot them, you know, I shoot a lot of my deer from 7 a.m. to seven thirty. you know, way past what you would think they, they should be in their bed sleeping. No, they're not, you know, they're coming back, just hanging out, you know, so barometric pressure up or down, you know, um, doesn't necessarily have to be a cold front. You get a spike in pressure, whatever it might be, you're going to get deer moving, you know, high or low, you know, and not just, you know, a little spike. If something's going to jump up, it's going to be hot tomorrow. Well, that barometric pressure is going to move. 
going to get the deer moved, you know, because the deer don't know if a storm's coming, you know, what, what's coming. So they're going to be on their feet a little bit more. But if you can get that, you know, the moon, cold front, you know, when it, it drops like 15 degrees, it's just a great day to be in the woods. Those three days, you know, it's it. just, it's a lovely time to be in the woods. It's, you know, no bugs. It's cold. You see your breath. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you see big, you see big bucks. Yep. You, uh, do you like cold fronts? Do you like when that first one hits, are you like, I got to get in there? I get sick a lot in October sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, Hey, now you cough once you're like for us, uh, yeah. you're, you're out for no, 10 no, days. Weeks, we had a meeting. Well, we didn't have a meeting. Uh, they had a meeting at my job and our building allegedly, like I didn't, I didn't see the email. We've had more COVID cases in our building in the last three months than any building in our region or district. Now I see the same, you know, 200 people every day. I'm like, who's sick? Because same <laughs> motherfucker here every day. You know, it's like, you know, I don't know, like who, who's because I mean, I had a last year. I ended up in the hospital last year from that yeah. stuff. And yeah. It was, uh, it's, I mean, it, it's real. It's, it's, it's nothing to, you know, I don't think get too upset about, you know, right. it, it's, it happens, but they want us to, you know, uh, wear masks. I'm like, I'm not wearing masks. Sorry. It's not, <laughs> I was walking around like this at work. It's like, well, you say, say hydrated, right? We did a safety thing. I'm hydrated. So yeah. Yeah. I can't wear, I'm, I'm always just drinking or yeah. eating something. My yeah. blood sugar down. I just keep eating and people are like, just why I'm like, cause I'm not paying a dollar plenty show. Cause come eight o'clock in the morning when everybody leaves, everybody takes their mask off. So it's like, no, I'm not being part of your charade. I'm yep. just not doing it. You know, yep. Just leave me alone. And let me just fix stuff and you go your way. I'll go mine. <laughs> All right, dude. I know you got to go. So here's what we're going to do. Rapid fire. Um, you have, you're up in the morning. You, you're, you're going to town. You, you have your perfect setup, but you've seen, you've seen a decent buck about 50 yards across, you know, a good trail. And you see maybe about 20 minutes later, uh, a bigger buck cross the same trail. Are you getting down, getting closer? Yes. Okay. Um, scrapes or trails? Which one are you hunting over more so? Scrapes. Scrapes. I don't know if I got any more. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think uh, one mistake most hunters make in the month of October? They don't think it's serious. They, they're they waiting for the rut, which is just, you know, listen, you'll be waiting a long time. You'll be waiting for certain things to happen. Go out and get it, you know. Yep. Um, a lot of big deer, more big deer killed in October than most people realize. It's it's not it's not glamorous. There's a lot of empty sits in October, but if you know your piece of woods and you know where bucks are bedding, you know where they're feeding. I wouldn't say it's easy, but they're walking. They're not running around because we all hunt the rut. It's like, hey, look, there's a big buck, and there he goes. Yep. Doe just you goes know, comes out October. of nowhere. <laughs> yep. You know, the 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 first three three and a half weeks of October. And boxers got steady, slow pace. They're eating. They, they, they're just, they're getting fat. You know, they're not really, you know, worrying about anything else except getting fat, you know? So they're very predictable, just like summertime, you know, the October law. I mean, I've, I've killed, you know, well, I've only killed a few deer in November my, in 30 years. Maybe I can count on one hand, you know, last few years I've been kind of lucky, you know, <laughs> I've, I've finally, you know, but before that, it's all October. So October is a very underrated time of year. Nice. Well, that's that's a good way to end it. Let's just go hunt October. Take it serious. Yes. I, I yeah. appreciate it, Greg. Where could people find you and and follow you and beg you more about you know Spartan Forge and everything else? Yeah, uh, Instagram, YouTube, bow hunting theme. You know. Watch that nice. Delaware Gap video, man. It's a freaking sweet <laughs> po- or sweet video. I love it. Which 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 one? Oh, uh, I like the one where it's almost thought of a tree. Yep. You know, up close, up yeah. close and personal one. Yeah. Well, the well the up close and personal one's pretty sweet. Yeah. That that there there was I. You know, I was so amazed. That was a cold front, October twentieth, yep. and the day before, uh, my buddy was hunting the other side of the ridge because the wind was perfect for there. Yep. And I sat. That tree, but like 20 yards over because of wind. I was like, well, maybe he's going to come over to this little low spot. And my buddy was just digging around in the morning, you know, because it was a, it was a 50, 55 minute walk from the trailhead, you know, and more. I mean, it's 
pretty steep. So you, yep. you got to hump it. And he's like, I'll be fine. And I'm like, and I just pulled away from him and I'll set up, you know, way before light. And he went down the ridge to this tree we had, you know, picked out. And just he went down the thing that that buck was already bedded in this big blowdown and took off down the side of the mountain. And the next morning, I killed that deer there, and yep. the one in the yep. video. And the following, we went there uh, the, the next few years, and that bed was in that little blowdown, did not you. So I do believe it was him bedding over there, little, right that gray light. He was already in that bed. So Tony was would have been set up, you know. Um, a half hour earlier, he probably would have killed that deer. Crazy. You know, probably would have killed him. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Greg. Everybody, go give Greg a follow. Yeah. Awesome dude, great content. Does even there's so much that we didn't even touch upon. Hopefully, you know, you would like to come on again. We could talk about bow yes. setups and shooting, and uh, you know, currently what's going on, uh, you know, during your season. Just because, man, I, I respect you a lot, and I think you bring a, a really cool perspective here on the East Coast, and you know, mutual, yeah, yeah, mutual friends. So go check them out, everybody. Till next time, <laughs> Antler up. And that's a wrap for another episode of the Antler Up podcast. Thank you so much for all of your continued support. Best of luck to everybody getting ready or those of you already hunting here in Pennsylvania. We're not too much farther along. We're getting right there. Thank you, everybody, for your continued support. Check us out over at antlerupoutdoors.com, our YouTube page, our Facebook, our Instagram. And thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your continued support as we go into another hunting season. Hope you are able to knock one down. Till next time, Antler Up.